just want to share with you a little bit before I get started. A week ago Friday, last stop on the way home, coming through to Quincy. Customers, I had a, I guess a, a, one last appointment to do before I got home. Usually, you know, just a little pest control thing, a little small thing, and I'm already thinking about the weekend starting. Going to this guy's house, I knock on the door, knock on the door, and nobody comes to the door. So I get back to my car and I go call the guy up and everything. He says, yeah, come on in. So I go on in and everything, and I find a man in a wheelchair. And uh, to describe him, well, I'll, I'll hold off on that just a minute. Wasn't somebody I, would, I normally would hang out with. Long, straggly hair. Dirty. Tattooed. Earring in his ear. I mean, remind me of that, that, that ship. The ship is battered and the sails are torn. That, that kind of song there. Probably described this man's life. And I was kind of like, you know, okay, let me get, let me get this done. I'm sure this, the house was a mess and everything. I mean, he's got all kind of problems with, it, with insects. We took care of the problems and everything that he had there. And then he started, out of, the, out of the clear blue, he just started opening up to me. He was in his wheelchair. And looking at the guy, I'll be honest with you, I thought the guy was a lot older than me. He's 47 years old. Had a lot of miles on him. Remember, I used to be a car salesman. 47 years old. And like I said, he, I mean, I'm not saying I look young. I'm just saying he looked older than me. So I began talking to the guy, and he began telling me about all the tumors in his spine, all the struggles, all the hurt, sleepless nights, all the things that he'd been going through. And I just sat there and listened. And I, I remembered some things that he was saying, too, and I, and I could start to feel his pain a little bit. I know that I've, what I've been through with my heart a little bit there, and I've shared that testimony more times than I can remember in people's homes. But I always preface it and end it. It's my story, but it's his glory. It's nothing about me. I'm, I'm just a nobody. You've heard that song, Casting Crowns, right? I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who saved my soul. It's not about me. Like the young man shared, shared this morning and everything, you know. If I'm ashamed... I'm like that song Daninter sang. I'm so glad he didn't throw the clay away that he would use somebody like me. Because looking at that man in that wheelchair, I saw myself apart from Christ. End up the story anyway. I began to share with him what God had done in my life. I could identify with some of the aches and the pains and everything, some of the things that I'm going through now with Parkinson's disease. My doctor gave me a prognosis. I finally got a new neurologist, went to Lafayette, and guess what he told me? He said, John, you're living the best days of your life. It's only going to get worse from here. That'd be sad to a lot of people. This is the best there is to go. But this, this book right here tells me a different story. This book right here tells me something different. It says, There's darkness may endure for the night, but what? Joy cometh in the morning. Everything that we see with these eyes, everything we experience on this earth is temporal. We're to focus on the things that are not seen, for those things are eternal. And I began to look at this guy and I said, look. I said, I empathize with everything that you've been through. 
I said, but would you like a better life? I said, it can begin right now. He said, what do you mean a better life? I said, God has created a new heaven and a new earth for those who want to dwell there. And I said, in that new earth, we get a brand new body. We get a body that we can walk, we can run, where the blind can see, the deaf can hear. And I began to tell him the, the scriptures. And with tears running down this man's face, he said, I want that life. I want that life. And we cried together for a few minutes. And I went straight to Romans 10, 9. I didn't bother explaining to him sin and death and all this. We'll get to that later. Romans 10, 9 says, Thou shalt confess with thy mouth, believe in thine heart that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I said, do you believe that, sir? He said, yes, I do. And I said, Romans 10, 13 says, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you ready to call him right now? I said, we don't have to call him by telephone. I said, we call him with a prayer. I said, I'll pray the prayer, and you say, you pray it with me. And if you mean it in your heart, and I touched him on his chest, and I said, if you mean it in your heart right there, I said, God will save you right now. And you can have a new home, you can have a place in heaven, and you can have a new body waiting on you. I said, God could hear you right here, right now. If that was his will. But because of your struggle and everything, it's gotten to you to a point now that you're willing to call out to him. I said, would you like to pray that prayer? And we prayed a prayer. And he accepted Jesus Christ to be his Lord and Savior. And he leapt out of his wheelchair and bear hugged me. You talk about a shock. A man that couldn't answer his own door a few minutes ago. I'm not saying God healed him there, but I mean, it might have just been an unction from the Holy Spirit. I don't know why I did it, but it just all of a sudden the man jumped up and grabbed me and just held on to me and everything in, in, in tears and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that led me to this message. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, return here with me. Verse number 13. Hold your place there. Just a minute or two there. Like I said, as I went to the my car, which I'll turn into y'all can stand when you get there. I began to ponder what, what just happened. And like I said, ashamedly, if I would have seen this man on the street, would I have stopped to talk to him? That crossed my mind. If I'd have seen him in a supermarket somewhere, would I have stopped to talk to him? A man in a wheelchair, straggly. Looked like a drug addict because he was. He'd been on drugs. Would that have been somebody I would have talked to normally? He didn't fit my mold. It's easy to talk to people that are like you. And I'm I'm ashamed that I had those feelings. And I'm glad I had an appointment with him. The way it turned out. Sometimes I want us to to kind of look at that as we and think about those things. About this man. Because beyond all all that I could see physically of him. It was my struggles 
that I had in common with him that brought us together, that I could witness to him. Think about this. The things that you've been through in your life as roads and paths to people that I could never talk to, Brother Bobby could never witness to, that he could never preach to, that you have a message just for them that God has in your heart that you could share with them that in no, no way that anyone else could because of what you've lived through, what you've experienced, and what you've gone through. I said this morning, the title of my message, Do Others See Jesus in Me? Is my Jesus showing to those around me? Hold your place there. I'm going to read another verse to you before we get to that one. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says this, Examine your hearts, whether ye be in the faith, Prove your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Examine your own selves. You know what that tells us right there? Don't do what I did. Don't judge that guy. Don't judge others. He didn't say examine the guy next to you. Examine the guy in the wheelchair. He said examine ourselves. Whether ye be in the faith. And prove your own selves how the Jesus Christ is in you. Prove it to your own self. First John 5.13 says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. The question tonight is, what are these things? Father, we love you so much, dear God. We thank you for your word. Lord, dear God, I ask you, dear God, to take me completely out of the way, Lord, just to speak to your people, dear God, Lord, and have you spoken to my heart, dear God, Lord, the things you've convicted me of, Lord. Change me, dear God, Lord. Mold me, dear God, Lord. Lord, I thank you, dear God, you haven't thrown away the clay. And Lord, you did use me, dear God, Lord, last Friday. And I thank you, dear God, Lord, even when I thought myself I was unusable and unworthy to be used of you, Lord, you decided to use me anyway. Lord, help us, dear God, Lord, strengthen our faith. Strengthen our walk. And Lord, may, may others see Jesus in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. What are these things? What are these things that he's talking about here? These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. You know, we read that verse and they're thinking, I've read that verse to many people that I've led up to the Lord to give them assurance. And I told this, this man, I'll say young man, he's 47 years old. I'm fixed to be 64. He's a young man to me. I said that the devil doesn't like what you just did. He's going to cause you to doubt everything that just happened. He's going to say, tell you you didn't mean what you, what you prayed. And that nobody cares for you and you're going to have some lonely times. I said, you need a, you need a church family. I said, you need a mentor. You need to be discipled. You need to learn. And I gave him some scriptures to read before I left. But what are these things that people need to see in us? We're going to find them right here in 1 John. 1 John 5.1. 1 John 5.1 is the first one. 1 John 5.1 says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is, is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him that is also begotten of him. So it tells us a couple of things right there. What is our confession? What, is the things, what are the things that we confess? What do people hear us talking about? What's important to us is the things we're going to talk about. You know, grandparents and all that, we get around other people and everything, and we share our grandparents' pictures. 
We're proud of our grandkids. We're proud of those new babies because they mean so much to us and they're so special to us. We, the things that mean are close to us are the things that we're willing to share. Is Jesus that clo- Are we close to him that way? That we want to talk about Jesus? What does he mean to us? Turn with me to 1 John chapter uh, 1. 1 John chapter 1, talking about our confession. The things that we talk about. 1 John chapter 1. We're going to stay in pretty much in 1 John. You just kind of keep... Keep them pages with the scripture there. First John chapter one verse one says, "That which from the, from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon with our hands, and have handled the word of life." Who's it talking about here? Jesus Christ, right? He was in the beginning. The word was with him, and the word was with God. For verse two says, "For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you the eternal life, which was with the Father." And was manifested into us or made known. We've actually seen it. Verse 3. That which we have seen and heard. Declare we unto you. That you may also have fellowship with us. Truly our fellowship is with the Father. And with his Son Jesus Christ. They were excited. These were the same people. That earlier. When Jesus was arrested. Where did they go? They were hiding out. They were scared. They were afraid for their own lives. They thought that they had misunderstood. They had a distorted view of who Jesus really was. You know, many of the disciples, when they were going to Jerusalem, they figured like they were going there to overthrow Rome. They'd seen all the miracles that Jesus had performed. They figured he had all this power, that he was the son of God, and he was going to set up his kingdom, and his kingdom was going to be set up right then in Jerusalem. And they were disappointed when things didn't turn out the way they wanted to turn out. And they scattered. They scattered. But now we see a different people. And John, talking about here, they, this is an excited person. After Jesus had risen again, and after, this is even after his ascension into heaven, he says, These things we write we unto you. Look at verse number four. These things, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. He wants us to be joyful about it. Why? Our confessions to be different. Our confession should be different. First, like I said, First John 5, 1 says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. The second thing I want you to see with me of these things is a change. First John 2, 29. First John 2, verse 29. If ye know that he is righteousness, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Things change in your life. Is there a change in your life since you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Has something changed about you? Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. New creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And what that means is you don't talk the same way. You don't think the same way. You don't go to the same places. You don't hang out with the same people. Your life has changed. Your life has changed. There's a change, and it's a visible change. Behold, all things are new, become new. Thirdly, it's our compassion. 1 John 4, 7. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For the love of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. This is not only do we love God. We talked about that this morning. If you love God, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he says our, his commandments are not grievous to us. But he said there should be something about a compassion for what we love and who we love. 
1 John 3, 4 says that we have passed from death unto life because we are our love of the because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. You know, there ought to be something that we love uh, different, different about us. The change in us and everything is how we love each other. He told his disciples and everything and these, that we should be known by our love for one another and our care for one another. You know, sometimes it's easy to see the differences and see the things that divide us and the things that are different. Like I saw that man in that wheelchair. I started to see the differences. But I'm allowed, thank God that I, he was able to show me the things in common, the things that we suffered with, and the, same, the things that we had in common. We both needed to be saved. And we both needed to be comforted. Number four, 1 John 5, 4. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is our conflict. We're in a battle. We're in a battle. This is our victory. What is the, what is the victory? He said, even our faith. The Word of God has instructed us that in, as Christians were to overcome the world, the flesh, and we're overcome the devil. James informs us, we submit to ourselves to God, we resist the devil, and he must do what? He must flee. It's in the Word of God. We, James tells us that. We, we, we have a battle going on with the devil. And what do we do? We resist the devil, and he must flee. But first, we must submit ourselves to God. We can't do it on our own. It's in God's power and God's strength. Paul lists in Ephesians chapter 6 the weapons of our spiritual warfare, putting on the whole armor of God. We can overcome in spiritual warfare. And we overcome the flesh by walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. But here John explains what it means to overcome the world. He said it is our faith, not just any kind of faith, but the object of our faith must be Jesus Christ. The strength of our faith is the strength of the object of our faith. Our faith is in person in the work of our Lord Jesus Christ that gains us the victory. Death, burial, and resurrection of Christ gives us victory over death, burial, and into resurrection into victory. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Back over to 1 John chapter 2, verse 14. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him. That is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We have victory by overcoming the flesh, by overcoming the, the devil, and overcoming, like I said, the world. Finally, we have our conduct, the way we conduct ourselves. 1 John 3, 9. 1 John 3, verse 9. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he's born of God. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean if we sin, we, we don't, we're not really saved? That word there is a, what they call a continuation, a nonstop action. I guess in an English class, we call it a present active uh, verbiage. This is to keep willfully sinning, 
a stubborn disregard from ongoing sin, a sin that doesn't bother you. If your sin doesn't bother you anymore and everything, maybe you need to check up on it. You need to check up on whether you're saved at all. Sin doesn't bother you. It doesn't mean you don't, don't stumble. It doesn't mean you don't fall. But it does mean, again, when, when we do sin, and like I said, it should bother us. I was talking a little bit about that one day, and it's kind of like we get calloused. If you use your hands and work with your hands a lot, your hands get calloused sometimes. And sometimes we say no to, no to uh, our Savior and yes to self sometimes and everything, and we get calloused. And uh, like I said, to the Spirit of, of God working in us. But, uh, turn with me now, one, one last place. I want you to turn with me, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse number 19. And this is it should be that we're talking about the things that are seen in our lives as Christians. The people are seeing about us and everything, how Christians ought to be conducting themselves. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest of the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for our sins, but a certain fearful and looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which should devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. How much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who had trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted for the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. I'll just stop it right there. It's a mouthful there, but going back to the part where it says that let us each examine ourselves. You know, nobody should be out of nobody that's out of God's reach should be out of our reach. There shouldn't be anybody that we're not willing to witness to, anybody we're willing to show Jesus to. And we should be something we should we should strive to do every day. You know, like the young man said this morning, do we really love him? Do we really love Jesus? then we should be obeying Him. He's called us for each and every one of us with a purpose. And the purpose is, number one, is like He said this morning, to glorify God. We're to bring glory and honor to His name. How do we do that? By obeying Him. We're to glorify Him. We're to please God. We're to obey His commandments. And it's not a grievous thing. Again, we've shared this before. It's not a got to, it's a get to. It's what we get to do. We get to serve the Lord. He's given us an opportunity each and every day of our lives. And like I told this young man, there's so much more to live for. Now that he's, he's accepted the truth, there's somebody he can talk to. A little while after I left this man's house, I stopped to get gas there in De Quincey before I headed up this way. I pulled off on the side of the road there and it occurred to me that I knew someone who didn't live too far from him who, visit, who, who, who goes to church, a, ch- a church not too, not too far from there. 
And I gave the man a call. This was on Friday. And this man was supposed to go by and see him Saturday afterwards. And I just found out right before service and everything that that didn't get to happen. He hasn't answered his phone since then. So y'all pray for this young man. I did text him and he did text me back. He told me things were okay. And I told, I told him I'd been praying for him and he said, he said he's been praying for me. So those are good signs and everything. And uh, I told him, I said, I, I, you know, I want to develop a relationship with you and everything. I want to get to know you. I said, but I, more than that, I want you to get to know my Jesus. I'm not going to throw it, like I said, they didn't throw away the clay. God didn't just lead me into this by accident and everything to meet this young man. But there's a purpose behind it. And to help connect him, not, not just to get him into a church to say he's a church member. There's so much more he needs to know. A way that he can grow in the Lord. And sometimes that's what happens. You know, when people come in here and they join a church, they get baptized and we forget about them. You know, they're, they're good now. They're, they're going to heaven. You know, Brother Bobby teaches us a lot and you think about discipleship. And we, we can all be disciples and, be, and continue to be taught, but we can also mentor and disciple others because of the life and the experiences that we have. Like I said at the beginning, there's so many things that, that God has taught you that I, I could never share. But God wants to use you. And all I want to ask you tonight and everything is, God, what God convicted me of these things are these things evident in my life how's my conduct how's my compassion do people see the change in me am I still doing the same things do I still stumble over the same problems the same sins that so easily beset me what can I do to change them it starts by laying them at Jesus' feet do you stand with me heads bowed and eyes closed just for a few minutes not going to keep you too long. Like the Bible says, examine yourself. Stand right where you are. One day we're all going to stand before God. My prayer is we come to Him with boldness. Like it says there in Hebrews chapter 10. Boldness means we're coming to Him unashamed. You know why we, we can come to God unashamedly on, on Judgment Day? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We can come to him unashamed because we weren't ashamed of him here. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. I know it's convicting, like I said, because God convicted me of it first. Sometimes we can get too busy doing the wrong thing. And all I ask you to do is, like I said, whatever God tells you to do, that's what you want to do. What God has for me is what God, what God showed me. But would you ask God and just tell Him you're available? Would you let God know right now, right here, you're not ashamed of Him? Would you tell God right here, right now, how much you love Him? And what you're willing to do? And some of you may be, may be already there already. Pray for love, pray for us that aren't. Don't condemn us. The thing there, first it said, exhort, exhort one another, encourage one another in love, provoke us unto love. 
may not be the best by your standards. We may not meet your standards. None of us meet God's standards. But he didn't condemn us. Neither should we condemn each other. Let's help build each other up. Let's love one another. Pray for one another. And help each other as we journey together on this side. you again for your attention, being here tonight. God bless you for your faithfulness. And I do want to encourage you. I don't want to end this on a bad note or a sad note or I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about themselves because I don't know. I don't know where you are with the Lord. I don't know where your stance is and how many people you witness to every day. That's between you and God. I just, like I said, God just convicted me and I just want to share with you what he showed me just so happened this young man this morning kind of had a similar message. So maybe God's trying to tell us something here at the church. we still got some empty pews. And I'm not saying we're here to fill pews. But there's people out there that are hurting. There's people out there going through stuff. You've been through stuff. You've been through struggles. And God has delivered you. Would you share that with somebody this week? Would you look for somebody to share it with that you can tell what you're going through, what you've been through? That's all I ask. That's all that God asks. Amen? That's where it matters.